Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Good morning. Happy Sunday. I'm Shelley Rittenhouse. I'm the worship arts director here at the Valley Church, and I'm just excited to spend some time together this morning um, just in the presence of God. So I don't know where you're at this morning, um, but we're coming to the Father, and anytime we show up and we show up here, um, we show up for God, He's so excited. Um, to see us. I think about um, when I see my children um, and or when I go visit my parents or grandparents. Um, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Well, maybe maybe it does. No I'm, no, I'm just kidding. But they are just excited to see me and God is just excited to see us this morning. So I'm just so glad that you are here. So I wanted to start with just a little get to know you. So here is a, a little this or that. Would you mind it? Okay. Um. So here we go. When you drink coffee, do you drink it hot or iced? Are you hot or iced coffee drinker? Drop it in chat below. Just have to know. I personally, especially in the morning, almost always, I want my coffee hot. All right. If it's super hot afternoon and I need a, a little afternoon booster, then I go for my iced, but I'm a hot coffee drinker. What about you? All right, next. Um, when you when you shop, do you prefer to shop? And I'm thinking like retail. Do you shop online on your phone? Are you an Amazon mom or dad? Um, or are you a like, I need to go to the store, feel it, touch it, see it kind of a person? Do you shop online or do you shop in the store? Who are you? I don't think there's a wrong answer here. <laughs> Personally, I feel like in this phase of life, I do a lot of online shopping. The next one is when you wake up, all right, or when you set your alarms, do you, are you one of those people that set multiple alarms <laughs> that like go off every two, three, five minutes? Or are you a snoozer? Like when you wake up, you just, you put one alarm, you snooze it like maybe you can count on like snoozing it two three four times and don't even tell me you don't do either all right because i'm very envious of you if you set one alarm and you wake up always without snoozing it i need to know if that's you too all right when you get ready to go to the grocery all right when you go grocery shopping do you make a list or, or do you like just fly by the seat of your pants? You're like, whatever just gets me excited when I see it. That's what I'm taking home with me. Which are you? I actually shop for a lot of my groceries online. <laughs> so I'd have to say I'm a list person by nature and I feel like I'm always trying to get something for someone in my family that I would forget otherwise. So I, I'm, a, I'm a make a lister. Um, when you need to talk to somebody all right you want to get a hold of somebody about something we're going to say it's not urgent okay um do you prefer to text or call so when you go to communicate with someone when you go to talk to someone or or whatever do you are you a texter or you are a caller i'm pretty much always a texter Unless there's just like something I need a really quick response to, even if it's not an emergency or I'm really excited about something that I'm like, ooh, I have to call. Because there's something just about hearing someone else's voice, right? Talking back. I think so too. 
All right, well that was fun. Hopefully you know a little bit more about me and it was fun just kind of getting to interact in the chat and seeing you know, what some of our preferences are. So today we're gonna actually look at a passage of scripture in which Jesus tells us what to do when we go into the cities, right? How timely, when we go to the grocery store, when we go to Walmart, when we go to the pharmacy, when we go to those fall sports games or, or football games or whatever it is that you're doing, when we go, when we go into the schools, when we go into our communities, what is it that Jesus would have us do? So let's go ahead and open up our Bibles. If you don't have a Bible with you today, I'm gonna just drop a link below and you can pop it up on your screen, all right? So, so our hosts are gonna put that little link in there for you. It's gonna pop up some scripture because I'm a visual person and maybe you're not like me, but sometimes there's something to just seeing it, all right? So let's read this. It's from Luke 10, one through 11. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and every place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it'll return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking and do whatever and have whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. And when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of the Lord has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day for Sodom than of that town. So who is Jesus talking to? Who is he talking to in this passage? Well, he's talking to his disciples. Are right? not just like the elite 12? He's talking to his believers, all believers. He's talking to the church. And what is he saying? He's saying the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. All right? Like, let's think of that as, you know, like a field of crops. The harvest is plentiful. Oftentimes you think of the harvest as something great, right? Like if there's a lot of crops, that is such a blessing to the farmer. He's yielded well. But what Jesus is saying is not necessarily how the rest of us might look at this situation. He's saying that there is a lot of sin in the world. There is a lot of lost people, broken, hurting families in this world. And that, that my disciples, my believers, the church is few. It's actually a pretty sad thing, right? Like, oh, I don't like to think about that. And sometimes I think the world that we're living in now is is in complete disparity. The worst that it could have ever been would be right now. But what Jesus is saying is in that day where he was living in that time, he was saying 
there's so much sin. There's so much sin. But the way he put it, I love how he used that metaphor of the field. Because you see, that didn't bring Jesus down. He didn't sit paralyzed in his room and just crying and praying over this. I'm sure he did do a lot of praying. But he saw all of the lostness as a great opportunity. As a great opportunity to bring in people to him to create believers and so i think we need to take from that that like why when we get into the conditions of what this world is let's not be paralyzed he said that the harvest is plenty and the workers are few and he saw the disparity as an opportunity and that excited him and that brings a new excitement to me as well in verse three it says go go exclamation mark i mean some sentences are pretty compound you know and we've got to like dissect them and take them in in pieces to make sure we fully understand it but he was very clear here right he says go exclamation he is excited he says go he's sending us and there's not a whole lot that we have to unpack about that how are we supposed to go well he tells us to go as lambs. All throughout the Bible, it, it talks about Jesus as the Lamb of God, right? And lambs, we don't think of. They don't have big horns, right? They're not, they don't have giant canine teeth. They're gentle animals. Jesus' ministry was gentle, and that's how he sends us. He says, go. Go as lambs among the wolves. And he says, carry no purse, no bags, no sandals. The first time I read this, I was like, no purse, no bag, no sandals. Um, okay. <laughs> like, what, why, Jesus? Why can't I bring my purse? Why can't I bring my bag and my sandals? And then I started thinking about what those things meant to me. All right, my purse brings like some source of security um, because it like just has all the important things, right? Like it has my money. It has my cell phone. It has, you know, maybe my, my identification. It has my lip gloss. <laughs> okay, some of those things that are really important to me that bring security, false security to me when I go places. And he says, no bags, no purse. What, what is he saying? He's saying, Shelly, don't get caught up in the preparations of this. All right, I don't need you to go have every source of medication. I don't need you to pack Tylenol, Advil, an antihistamine, a first aid kit. Like, don't spend time right now going and packing your bags. You don't need a detailed packing list. All right, you don't need your purse. You don't need your sandals. You need to go. He goes on to say, do not greet anyone on the road, okay? So, like, first he tells me to leave my purse, and I'm like, eh. And then he tells me not, not to talk to anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, that doesn't seem very friendly. I mean, I don't like being ignored. Um, and so I really did. The, the more I just prayed about it and thought on it, I thought, you know what? This reminds me of when I give directions to my girls. For those of you who don't know me, I have two little girls. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And sometimes I will give them directions like, hey, girls, go clean the playroom before dinner, okay? And then I'll be cooking in the kitchen, and I will hear as they go upstairs 
they like, you know, all of a sudden they stop in the stairway and they're sitting in the stairway and they're like playing with their Barbies or whatever it is in the stairway. And then I hear them get to the top of the steps because they're like fighting over something. You know what I mean? I don't know what it was, but they're fighting over something. They finally make it into the playroom and, you know, half of the things they go to put away, they're like, oh, this is so much fun to play with. <laughs> so do they eventually get the playroom clean? Yes, they do. Um, sometimes, though, it's not before dinner. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, light bulb, right? Jesus gave us a direction to go. And he doesn't want us to get distracted by our packing list or, you know, getting all of our personal items that make us feel safe, pulled together, you know, ordering, oh, I think I might need a new pair of shoes for this trip, you know, so I better order a new pair. I'm going to be walking a lot. Um, yeah, and he doesn't want us to go without a sense of intentionality or without a sense of urgency. Does that make sense? He says, go. He don't, don't worry about this stuff, Shelly. Don't plan out your itinerary or your general. Trust me. Go in faith. And don't get distracted by all the conversations you can have around. It kind of also reminds me of like my way out the door sometimes on Sundays at church. Like you, you know, I'll be talking to this person and it's oh so good to see them. And I go to this person and this person and this person. And by the time I go a very short distance, I've had so much conversation. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying not to have. That's have good community with believers. Um, but in this case, when he's telling us when we go, when we go into our communities and towns, let's go in faith. You don't need to do a lot of preparations. He wants us to go in faith. And right, we keep on reading and he gives like some instructions about what to do when you get to the town. So um, in the days of, of Luke 10, all right, there was not a plethora of like Airbnbs, okay? Um, there were limited hotels. So when people traveled, they would often stay with other people in the community that they were traveling to. Uh, there were like inns, um, but oftentimes inns were not a safe place to stay. It was sometimes a place where thieves or prostitutes were. Um, and so Jesus wasn't saying, hey, plan a really great trip, order some awesome shoes, and yeah, let's get you a great hotel room book for this. No, he's saying go, just go in faith and show up at someone's door and you know, offer them a blessing. And if they see your heart and, and, and receive you, if they receive you, I want you to eat with them. I want you to sit with them. I want you to stay with them. If someone accepts you, I want you to stay with them. All right. It talks even a little bit about that if you go into the town and people offer you food, that, that you should receive it, that you should receive it. In verse 9, he goes on to say, heal the sick. All right, so some of you are like, okay, that wasn't for me, not applicable. <laughs> I'm excluded from that. I don't, you know, Jesus heals the sick. I don't heal the sick. Um, but I'm telling you today, this is not fluff. He did not put this in the Bible because this is not for you. This is so for you. And this is so for me. You see, what it, he did when he said to heal wasn't like, oh, you know, 
if you get bored, this would be a great conversation starter. <laughs> you know, like maybe if you're at a lack for games or activities, you could heal somebody. No, there was intention in his words when he said to go heal the sick. Because, you know, when Jesus spoke this intention to us, it was that when we go to see others in the community, that they would experience the power of God. I want to say that one more time because it's a lot to like just take in that when we would go into the towns and and do healing that would show others the power of God because is that something that we can do as humans no but it is a big directional point to God and some of you are like okay well um I've never healed anyone before, so, and this is the thing. God still heals people, miraculous healing today. He does it through power and he does it through, through people who are faithful and brave to say, to pray for people and to pray for healing, to lay hands on someone and just say, I'm just going to pray for you right now. And we're just going to pray, pray for God's will. And we're going to pray for healing in your life. You know, sometimes it's going to be physical healing, but other times it might be like a spiritual healing, right? For me, there was a healing in my heart. There was a healing in, like in our families, in relationships. God is a God of miracles and he gives you, he trusts you as a believer with the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is available for you to use. When you go into when you go into the community when you go into town it's a resource that he gave us it's a holy authority and a responsibility that he gives us that when we show up we don't just sit and stay and eat with people but we don't miss the opportunity to show them the healing power of jesus christ because that is the point in it all right to show others who he is that he is the God of the universe and that he does things that no one else can do. And lastly, in this passage, he, he kind of finishes up preparing us for rejection. All right. In verse 10 um, and 12 through 12, it says, but when you enter a town and you are not welcome, when you enter a town and you are not welcome, I mean, he kind of just softens the blow for us right there, right? He said, listen, Jelly, everyone isn't going to like you. Everyone's not going to like me. <laughs> he said, Shelly, when I've sent my son to earth, the perfect human being, he couldn't have encompassed any more kindness any more mercy, any more grace, any more gentleness, any more self-control. He was God in the human flesh. And there were people that didn't accept him. They, there are going to be people that don't accept you. So he, we can take this very practically and just prepare ourselves for a little bit of rejection and remind ourselves that if if God, Jesus, the Son of God, was rejected, I can handle rejection too. 
So what can we practically take away from this? You're like, okay, well, that was fun. I understand this a whole lot more now. But what are we going to do today? What's going to move us today so that when I go to the grocery store the next time or when I go to the doctor's office or the next sporting event in my community or the library or out to dinner, what is it that what Jesus that Jesus wants me to do? So let's look at this and just kind of break it apart. First of all, it's seeing our local communities as Jesus saw them. All right, and that's not a good place or a bad place, but it is what he's talking about the crop. The harvest is plenty and the workers are few. So it's looking at our community and knowing there's there's a job that needs to be done. And there's not a lot of you out there. So I need you, Shelly. I need you. God said, go. Of all sentences in this whole passage, we can grab onto that. There was no confusion. When he talked to us as believers, he said, go. See the need in your community, Shelly, and go. What is it that we wait for? I don't know. I, I, I have some reasons of my own. You know, what are we waiting for? Maybe you're like, well, if you knew the condition of my marriage, like God would not want me to represent him. Like, my marriage isn't strong enough yet. We've got some issues. Maybe he's like, you're like, well, my family. You know, like, if you've seen my kids, you would, like, God doesn't want to send me right now. He doesn't want me to go right now. Um, maybe you're like, I got to get my spiritual life up to par. I don't know all the, I don't know all the books of the Bible yet. <laughs> and I haven't memorized 25 scriptures yet. So when I get that done, then I'll go. Maybe it's your testimony. And you're like, okay, well, my story. I know God's worked in my life, but I haven't really, you know, like put the words together so that I can share it easily enough yet. So I, I need to work on that first. Go. Go even if you don't know. Even if you don't know how things are going to work out in your marriage. Even if you don't know what in the world your kids are doing because they're a hot mess right now. Even if you don't know every book of the Bible or have 25 scripture verses memorized, go. He doesn't leave us any conditions, right? He doesn't say, if you are the one of the 12 selected disciples, then you go, please. You've got your stuff together. No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, oh, all right, go ahead and take 30 days and get yourself pulled together and then go. Yeah, no, he doesn't say that either. He says, go, don't make a packing list. Don't get yourself some new shoes. You don't need any. Go. I like clarity, like almost to a fault. And there've been so many times in my personal spiritual walk where I'm like, okay, God, I got this idea. I think it's you. I'm pretty certain it's you. But before I take that next step, I just want you to just, make it so evident and so clear. And you know, sometimes God has honored that. There have been some really crazy times that I can't, I can't wait to share with you at some point where God has just spoken so loudly that I was like, whoa. All right, but there are other times, like this scripture, when he's talking to us, he's like, I don't need to give you any more clarity. I was pretty clear when I said,
You see, sometimes we get so busy getting caught in the detail of, of the trip and the agenda that we just don't go walk with people. Don't get stuck waiting. Go. You see, God is Jehovah Jireh. And when he tells us to go without these things, he reminds us of this name. He's faithful. He will provide. When you go somewhere, he's gone before you. He's made a way. And where he leads you, he follows you and will protect you. You see, he has a promise over your life. And he is going to be faithful to complete it. Rest assured that you don't need to be anybody but you. God doesn't know, need another Billy Graham or Beth Moore or Brandon Lake. You know what God needs? God needs a person like you. And he needs a story just like yours. We don't need to try to be anybody else. Or get ourselves looking, feeling, ready like anyone else. God has made us ready. He says go. And he will give us everything we need. All he needs is us. A person like me and a story like mine. This winter, we got a new car. Um, and it was really weird at first because I had never had a car that had the like touch start. Um, and so like there's no key and it's just like a square thing and I was like well this is crazy it kind of blew my mind and it was a little weird for a minute but then uh, one day I was walking out to go to one of our vehicles and the one vehicle has a normal like key and ignition and then the other has that little push start fob when I go out the door to the garage I can see them both hanging on the key rack and I can clearly identify what key goes to each car like there's no confusion there um, and it really got me thinking, all right? It really got me thinking about this passage. There are a whole lot of keys in this world. Think about all the keys to things around us. There are a whole lot of keys in this world and there's a bunch of doors. And just because I have a key doesn't mean I can unlock any door I want to, right? Just because I have my house key doesn't mean I can show up somebody's house and be like, yes, I like this place, you're mine, I'm going in. No, we all have a key. And it doesn't open but a select few doors. And because of that, the key has intricate detail that makes it very specific. Isn't that true of us and our stories? It just like really gets me because the person God uniquely created me to be and the healing power he has done in my life, that's unique. That's an intricate key that nobody else can copy that only opens a few doors. You see, there are going to be people in this world, people, doors, all right, that my personality and my story 
that they just, they don't connect with. All right, but there are people in my community that my personality and my story of God's healing power, that it's gonna do something inside of them, that it's gonna resonate with them, that, that the longer that I sit and stay and eat with them, they're gonna start looking at that thing and be like, whoa, what is that power that has taken over your life? And that's when I can share with them the goodness of God. The question is, will I go? Am I willing to be obedient to go? To not pack my bags, not make an agenda or detailed packing list. Shelly, are you willing to go? When you get there, Shelly, there's more. There's more to it. You don't just put on a smiley face and, and greet people and people will be like, oh, there's something different about her. Because you see, if I don't sit and eat with them and stay with them, I'll never get the opportunity to share the healing power of Jesus Christ in my story. There are some scripture cards that we looked at earlier. We're gonna drop that link in there, okay? And we're gonna drop another link right behind it. It's, it's two-sided. I want you to look at those. I geek out about making invitations, all right? Like when my girls have birthday parties, it's basically our extended, like just like our immediate family. My, my sisters, the parents on both sides, that, that's it, right? But like I geek out, like maybe it's the party planner in me, but I'm like, I wanna make the most beautiful, ornate invitations that just encompass everything about their favorite theme that they have picked for their party, <laughs> okay? And, and I looked at these invitations and I thought, hmm, the more I think about this passage, I feel like it's a great way to kind of pull us through the, this text with some clear action steps. So click on that link, it might pop you up in a window, listen to me, look at it, or just save it for later. But let's just like go through the what's of planning a party. What is this? God is telling us to go. What? He said to go. Go live your life, Shelly, with intentionality. The harvest is plenty. When you go to the grocery store, you need to go intentionally. When you go to the library, you need to go intentionally. When you go to the sports games, you need to go intentionally. Where? Where are we going? Okay. We're going to our community. We're going to our towns. All right. Jesus is not asking um, you to book the next flight out of the local airport and fly yourself halfway across the world. I mean, some of you, he may be, and there are special people that he's called to fly across the world. But you know what? He's not asking you to fly across the world. He's just asking you to walk across the street with intention. He's asking you to go. Who? Okay, who, who am I supposed to meet? My community God? Remember, I like detail. Tell me who. And maybe some of you, as we've sat here and, and went through the scripture today, God has just like whispered to you. You have a friend 
or a family member, someone in the community that just like takes to you and you're like, I don't know why they like me so much. It's because you're a person of peace to them. They're accepting you. It's the first part of this. When you go and you find people that accept you, sit, eat, stay, and heal. So some of you may know, and you might be able to take this like this card right now, and maybe you're gonna save it to your, your iPhone and you like, I know who that person is. You're just gonna write that right in, okay? Some of you might not. I can't really say that I do right now, but I'm sure gonna pray about it. I'm sure gonna go intentionally. And you know what, when I find them, I'm putting their name down. You know, go even if you don't know. I like that. Go even if you don't know. He's not just calling our extroverts. I gotta throw that out there. All right, he's not saying if you got it all figured out, if you're an extrovert, go. He's calling us all. All right, when are we doing this? Uh, when's the party, you know? Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't say go next week, right? He didn't say go next month. He said go now. And how? All right, cool. We get there. I found this person. We're sitting and staying. Like, how do I do this healing thing, Shelly? Like, how do I share my story? How do I show them Jesus? Because that, that seems like a pretty big obstacle to me. So I just want to give you some practical ideas of how, and then it, I would just like you to take some time and, and like write those down, fill those out and commit to those. Um, maybe one of those is um, Together Miami County, coming and saying, hey, come serve alongside me. I'm going to go serve my community and I'd love just like to do some community service with you. Maybe it's, um, we have a study here at the church, it's called The Journey, and it walks us through like, who is Jesus? What is this whole faith thing? And it walks you through it. It's a one-on-one -on -one Bible so you can sit, eat, and stay with them and take that journey and share your faith. And you're probably going to learn something for yourself along the way. Um, maybe you can invite them to your life group if you go to a life group. Maybe it's like, I'm really super uncomfortable, but I think they might come to church. All right, those sermon series cards are almost always on our uh, chairs on site. Uh, at our campus if you are offline and you're not you know anywhere in the Dayton area I say save one of those little sermon series Im images copy the, that to your phone and text it to your friend and say hey I'm gonna be watching the service online that you know come come join me or tag them in the comments see if they pop in um, and if none of those things you're like yeah no not me not me not me all right there's there's a plethora of ways um, but if at all default Invite them to your home. Invite them to your table. You see, I think we just need to take a couple minutes today and just let, let the Holy Spirit speak. So again, that link is you know gonna be provided to you in the chat below. Click on that. Click on this invitation. Look at that who. Look at that how. What are you gonna do? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to say yes to Jesus and trust him, trust him with the plan? So some of you are listening today and you're like, okay, well, this was a great message for all you believers, but guess what, Shelly, I'm not a believer. And I, 
and I'm, or maybe I don't know if I'm a believer. I used to be, but I'm sitting right now in a lot of hurt and confusion, brokenness, loneliness. And so, you know, I, I'm not ready to go because I don't know that I have Jesus in my life. And I just want to take a minute to invite you into my life. All right, if you would like my personal information, my text, how to text me or call me, uh, just leave a message in the chat below. But your host has my number. I want you to text me. I would love to come alongside you and do life with you. My email is shelly.rittenhouse at thevalley.church. Shelly.rittenhouse at thevalley.church. And I'd love to have you at my house. I would love to have you at my table. And you know, I'm not gonna lie, sometimes my table is pretty dirty. We might have some Play-Doh or Lego so we can go to, we can go to an ice cream shop, a coffee shop somewhere. But I just wanna let you know um, that if you are looking for a person today that I would love to have you at my table. for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.